Hello and welcome back to Living Intentionally for God podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. We have a couple of podcasts that you could go back and listen to and we trust God to bless you. So continuing from our previous podcast, you already know that right now, Living Intentionally for God is having a program called The Journey to Spiritual Awakening. And this is our fourth season. So this is JTSA 4.1. And the theme for this season is prayer, understanding prayer. So um, in the previous podcast, Motorarian spoke about um, the overview of prayer. And we learned a couple of things. So I will be kicking off from where she stopped. And in this podcast, we will be talking about who do we pray to and why we pray in Jesus' name. So my name is Olamde, I'm a team member, and I will be hosting for today. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we ask that as we learn, that you please teach us yourself, that it not be anything that any man has said or will say, but it will be what your spirit wants our hearts to hear and what we need to hear, God, and that will be changed by your word. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, to go over again, um, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about who we pray to and why we pray in Jesus' name. So, I'm going to start off by talking about who we pray to. So, the question is, who do we pray to? And I want to kick off from something that Motorio said, yes, um, in the last podcast, the previous podcast, um, I'm just going to be reading like a paragraph from what she said. She said, communication is an exchange of information or a message between individuals in such a way as to bring mutual understanding. That is, communication hasn't occurred if mutual understanding hasn't occurred. Why is this so? Because most times it's not when we keep quiet, that's after we've already spoken, that mutual understanding has taken place. It is when there is a change in action or a realization or when something has been perceived, whether getting internal insight or by a change occurring internally or externally by an action, that is when communication has occurred, meaning you have prayed and understanding has taken place. So, kicking off from that paragraph, I just really want us to reflect on what that means. Communication has not taken place unless understanding has occurred. So, for if we say prayer is communication, then for prayer to be established, there must be understanding between both parties. The party that is speaking and the party that is listening. And both parties must speak and listen for prayer to be complete, for communication to be complete, rather. Okay, so if there's to be true and effective communication, then there, then there must be someone at the other end of the table. It only makes sense that even in any conversation, the other party must be speaking and we must be listening to what they have to say as well as speaking. That's common logic. And we've tried to relate prayer to communication and to a conversation. So the same principles must apply. And we must take note of the fact that on the other side of this communication, that is 
on the other side of the communication that is prayer is god god is at the under he's at the other end of the conversation so that means prayer is communication between myself and god okay so then why are we asking who we pray to if we've already established that god is at the other end of the conversation then we know we're praying to god but what does that really mean like we know we're praying to god but i mean it doesn't change anything okay so let's find out we've been praying for so long literally that we can even pray without thinking about what we're actually saying or who we're saying it to most of the time we just ramble a few words and you know you said the prayer to god almighty without even thinking of who god really is so let me not get ahead of myself prayer has become a reflex a thoughtless action or even some sort of luxury we indulge in during certain occasions you know you might just pray when you get to church or just pray at the fellowship meeting and you know that's it for the week whatever the case may be i pray that god will renew our minds today as we listen to his word and that these words will not go back empty and they can't because that's what the word of god says amen amen okay so since we have established that god is at the other end of this table of this conversation that is prayer then we can only ask the next rational question which is who is god and being able to answer this question for yourself really puts a perspective to your prayers if god is a slave driver for instance there's a way you would there's a way you would approach him if god if you saw god as the president of nigeria or whatever country you are in you would understand also that there will be certain formalities in place before you could access him if god was to say the guy that um, delivered your online shopping packages there's obviously a different approach so i i hope you get the kind of picture i'm trying to paint so regardless of whatever opinions about god that you have carried or you have believed your entire lives and you're probably, you know, relating to, as I speak right now, we are going to counter those opinions, those ideas, with what the Word of God actually says. What does the Bible say about God? So, um, a couple of scriptures that we can read on our own because of time. Number one, God is spirit. It says so in John four twenty four. In Genesis 1, verse 1, it says, God is the creator of the world. In Psalm 116, verse 5, it says, God is gracious. And in John 3, 16, as we all know, it says that God gave the ultimate gift of, of his son for the redemption of the entire world. But some very striking things about God that spoke to me as I read um, the Bible were two things. One is that God dwells amongst us. It says so in Revelation 21 verse 3. I feel strongly that I should read that. And God dwells on the inside of us. That's in John 14 verse 23. So God dwells amongst us and he dwells on the inside of us. Okay. So, um, it would be nice if we could just reflect on these two verses. You know, God dwells amongst us and he dwells on the inside of us. And in addition, I want to read 
two more verses so i'm going to be reading matthew 1 verse 23 it says look the virgin will conceive a child she will give birth to a son and they will call him emmanuel which means god is with us second thing i'll be second verse i'll be reading is first corinthians 3 verse 16 it says don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of god and that the spirit of god lives in you don't you realize that the spirit of god lives in you and we start to see ourselves as carriers of god then we approach this relationship with god completely different when we understand that god gave so much to secure the eternal faith of our souls then we will see him differently yes he's seated in heavenly places and the earth is his foot so we're not disputing that and of course, he is almighty and he's glorious. But never forget also that he is Emmanuel. God is on the inside of you. And you might ask, why is this important? Like, why do I even, why am I emphasizing on these things? Like I said earlier, the way that we see God directly affects the way we will approach him clearly. So when we see God first as our savior and one who deeply cares about us and our eternal faith, then we are naturally drawn to him. Not only that, but when we realize that he is in fact living on the inside of us, when you understand that God is in you, the spirit of God is alive and active in you, then prayer shifts from a religious practice to something more personal and intimate. The consciousness that God is alive on the inside of you not only reminds you that you don't need to be in church, or kneeling beside your bed, or even at a communal prayer to talk to him. It also gives you a strong sense of encouragement and support that your prayers are heard and that there's power backing the things that you declare in prayer. Just imagine that the God of the universe, the creator of the whole world, is living on the inside of you. And so when you declare something in faith, while you are praying, then you know that that same authority is backing the things that you say. So at this moment, I just want us to say a prayer. So say this prayer with me. Lord, open my heart right now to the truth that you are showing me and help me begin to live in the reality of it. Amen. Amen. And I pray that God hears us in Jesus' name. Amen. So in conclusion, I'm just trying to wrap up now. Seeing God for who he really is, which is our father, our friend, our lover, our helper, and every other thing that the Bible confirms that he truly is, will give us the confidence that we need to approach him. And when we approach him, we approach him knowing that he loves us and that he's always seeking our best interest. We approach him confident that he is as eager to speak with us as we are to speak with him and that he wants to hear even the seemingly insignificant things that we have to say. We believe without a doubt that our father who owns the entire world, who gave us his son, will definitely and freely give us all things. And so at this point, I just want to remind us that there is absolutely no way that we can know who God really is or have the right mentality towards him if we're not reading our Bibles. It is 
it's a lie <laughs> and i don't want you to believe that like you can't say that the understanding will just come out of nowhere or that you would get all the information that you need from like sermons or fellowships if you are relying solely on those to feed you um information about who God really is and who God is to you then you'll just be cheating yourself and so we need to see God for ourselves we need to seek him for ourselves we need to know who he is by searching what scriptures have revealed about him i'm going to read romans 12 verse 2 it says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind that means that the only way that you can unlearn the things that you believed about god or that you can even learn the truth about god is by renewing your mind which is through the word of god and through time in god's presence i pray that god will add to our understanding so just to recap we've established that we are praying to god and that in order for this to be significant or meaningful or even carry any meaning or any weight in our lives, we must give God his rightful place. Who we see God as and who we understand him to be will directly affect how we approach him and the value that we place on communicating with him. It's as simple as that. So ask yourself, with the way that you've been praying, the things you say, how you say them, and how you've seen prayer up until now, who exactly have you been praying to? This is such a crucial question. So let's take the time to really discover who God is and who he is to us personally, because a shift in who we see God is um, you know, a shift in who we see God to be will help us not only pray effectively, but it will also help us enjoy our prayer times and have faith in the prayers that we offer. And this is so, so important. I pray that God will add more meaning to his word in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for being here with us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for everything that you have revealed to us. Lord, we are asking that you will help us, God, to seek to find out more of you and that when we find it, God, that it will give us the confidence that we need to approach you, knowing that you have been waiting for us, your love has been chasing after us and all you want is to nurture this relationship with us. Help us to submit to you. Help us to learn of you, God. Help us not to be deceived. Lord, draw us closer to you and let your name be glorified. For in Jesus' most precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for tuning in once again and see you in the next podcast.